Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, how are you now, Ska? What's the crack? Hey. Great day for the washing. I'd murder about pens. Out. No harm, no foul. Are you a dog board or are you a lady board? I'll bleed and brief you. Fall and break your legs, don't come running to me. What a gee bag. Irish stop. How you wished. Top of the morning to you all. Harry's going. How are you getting on? What's the crack? Um, happy Saturday. Happy Bank Holiday weekend. If you are listening here in Ireland, it is the Bank Holiday. The Halloween Bank Holiday, despite the fact that Halloween is not till next week. But hey, we'll just take the extra days off work and we'll roll with it. And of course, our nightclubs are open. So some of you may be already nursing a hangover. Uh, maybe some of you planning, listening to this as you're getting ready to go out. Whatever it is, I hope you're having... Um, we went out. I hope you had a great time, safe, and got home okay, and had a had a ball. And the hangover is not too hellish today. If you're heading out, make sure to leave that your light beside the bed. Get the glass of water. Get that all prepped now. I'm giving you the reminders so that you're not too bad tomorrow and stock up on all the essentials before you go out. Um, I'm I'm planning to wing it today. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Came too late to even book a table, so myself and some friends are going to head out. And we'll see and see what happens. So fingers crossed I get into a bar somewhere. I don't care where it is. Don't care how many people are in. Well, actually, I prefer if there's less people than don't want to be too crowded. I ain't going to coppers just yet. But um, delight you to see, obviously, that we're reopening. The cases are still quite high. So everyone do still be safe and wear your mask and all that, even if you don't have to be wearing them all the time. Um you know, wear them where you can. You have to wear them moving around the place and stuff. And I love this idea they have to wear them uh, any, every time bar when you're dancing. Now, they never mentioned getting the shift. So what happens there? So, yeah, report back to me, lads. Tell me what's been happening out in the, in the club world. Um, I'd love to hear all from you. So today, um, after my rambles there, um, first of all, I have to say, got my 5,000 listens. I think I said that last week, which was amazing. Had my two competition winners. Um, so I had the main winner, um, who was Sarah. And then I had an extra competition or extra prize because um, one Instagram account, Anxiety and Us, um, Dervla is her name. She had been sharing the podcast loads. I've been listening to those episodes and been messaging me about things that she'd picked up from them. And that was just so kind. And like, I really would um, encourage that if you're listening to like small podcasts to send on a little message to the creator, whoever, or to their Instagram or Twitter or Facebook page or whatever. I just say, oh, I loved when you mentioned this, you know, you know, I love that you covered such and such a crime or whatever it is, because it really means a lot to us. And I know we and know that people are listening and it's not just um, our friends listening with volume down, not even paying attention. And if you haven't listened and this is your very first time listening to Tiz yourself, thank you. Thanks for coming along. Um, and I hope that you will scroll back and find some other episodes. Today's guest is the longest running, longest serving, longest running character and actor in Fair City. For over 30 years, uh, he has played Paul Brennan, Love Lothario, the playboy of Carrigstown. 
and he has had oh god look he's been with he's been with them all all the ladies look i think the only woman he wasn't with was dolores at this stage and uh, he has some great stories um i find out you probably don't know that he used to cut up dead bodies before he started in Town. listen i i can't get too into that because you know Ew. But I will I will let him tell you that story. Um, lots more to go from him. He's telling us all about like his friends in the show, what it was like going back after COVID, what his kids and his wife think when he gets shouted at in the street, and like loads and loads more. So Fair City fans or Tis Yourself fans or people who just wandered upon this episode, here is Tony Tormey talking all about life in Fair City and what is coming up in Carrickstown. Hi, Tony, can you hear me? Oh, good. Good, good. Good to actually see you, because usually when I talk to you, it's on the phone. Yes, exactly. How are you keeping? Not too bad, and you? Good, good. Yeah, on the podcast, we always kind of ask people to start off with how they're best known. So, Tony Tormey, how do people know you best? Um, probably on the ball you get from Fair City, that people love to hate. <laughs> and, and as builders keep going on, go on, you're an awful man for women. That, that's, that's me. How does your wife feel about that when you're right in town and people are like, there's your man? Absolutely mortified, but she's used to it now. It's more, the kids are more mortified than anything else. Dad, pretend you don't see them, pretend you don't see them, they're mortified. You appreciate it. But they laugh as well because I can do questions that people come up to you and say things to you. It's going to go, whoa. And the kids are going, answer that now, off you go. You know? <laughs> all about the love scenes and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes and that, yeah, and all that. Things we couldn't even go into here now. <laughs> Am I right in saying that you're the longest running cast member then? Yeah, me and, uh, and I don't have any jumpers like Ken Barlow, but yeah, I'm the longest one. And First, probably as, as many wives as Ken Barlow's had as well. Well, I hope so. I'll have to think of something. <laughs> it's mad to think that, yeah, like you are the long. I think uh, Jim, who plays Bella, is next after you, but you're the one that's been there from the start. Yeah, yeah, it's me. And uh, for myself and Tom Jordan, who played Charlie, was the last one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and him, and then the another one who came in played Barry for back, came back to playing Barry. He used to he was there at the start as well, but he's gone about nine years, ten years now as well. We came back there last year, so it's got it's odd, it's odd, but it's flown by. It only seems like it's it only seems like it was two years ago, you know, that we actually went into that room and to, for an audition, and then all, all the stuff has happened since then, you know, on the show in my life, you know, in the world, you know. Yeah, well, take me back to like even how you got the call for Fairsy, like. Were you a job an actor at the time? Were you, what were you doing? I was, yeah, I was working. I was working in, I was working in James Hospital at the time, oh. and part time because I had just, I had done an acting course, and I got Joe Dowling, a famous Irish director, had given me, had done the course, and he got offered me a job. So I, I started. I said, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. So I gave it a go, and and I was, I gave me a part, and as as an understudy, and I got a part, and then I went on to play a part in Boris of Wine and Gaiety. And then went on to do a part, got a part casting the Abbey, playing the Abbey. And then got cast, then was in, so it was kind of, it was great. Then from that, I went on to the Gay Theatre and was doing, all, so I was doing all right for myself and doing uh, uh, lunchtime shows as well. And then I got myself an agent at that stage. And so he said to me, uh, he rang me, he says, listen, there's a, a cattle call going on in Orchie for this new drama. And it was called a um, an urban drama at the time. It wasn't called a soap because we had uh, Ben Rogue on at the time. And so Ben Rogue was never actually classed as a soap. But, uh, but I suppose because it was ongoing going once a week. 
But anyway, they, so he so he said, "Go on, I'll try." Went out with like three hundred people on one band was on a Thursday, and we all got bought in. Yeah, you had your script. You, you sat down in front of the producer, the director, the director, and the guy with the camera, and you they read off to you, and you were told to go out or go home, come in and and or and uh, or go into another room or go home. So after twice we we got two goals or two rounds, so they whittled down to last. I think it was last fifty or sixty people. And they had me down as Barry originally, not Paul. Wow. And, uh, I did that and then I got and then I got sent home. And I remember walking at the gate, and I told a story before, when I was walking out the gate and this stage manager, Ned Tobin, ran after me and went, he said, Are you are you are you Tony? And I went, Yeah, he says, Jesus, he said, I'll send the wrong guy home. Come back, come back to you, they won. So I was just about to get on the number 10 back to Baggage Street. That's so that was it. So he kind of so he brought back and he said, Listen, we want to want you to read for Paul now. So that was it. And then I was sent home at about six o'clock that night. And then the next week I got brought out to do a screen test. And then I had to go and do another screen test. And uh, and I think then he got, I got I got the phone call, yeah, I got it. And then we were all brought out to to Airfield House, just across the road from RTE. And we were told how important this was and to RTE and to ourselves, going to change our lives and all this. And we all thought, oh, this, this, this is another gig, you know, so what? But then when we saw the press cover, the press, the press is all over us and kind of, and then we realized, oh, right, this is okay, this is big. And then it got, it got cancelled after about six months. I mean, went, that's it, it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> so then they brought in the crowd from EastEnders and uh, John Mulholland, who was the director general then, said, we'll give it another go. So they gave it another go. So that's how it started. You were working in James's hospital at the time. What were you doing? I was cutting up their bodies. Right. Okay. No, I, yeah, it was. I was doing. Yeah, I was working in a, in a histopathology laboratory, which is if you get your appendix out, or you get a, a biopsy done, or you get a leg taken off, it would be sent to us in the lab, mm. and we'd have to see if it's if it's carcinogenic or if there's, if there's something wrong with it, what what's wrong with it, and so we take we would take uh, samples of of the, of the specimen, whether it be an eye, whether it be a breast, whether it be a leg, and say mainly biopsies and, and and stuff like that. And then uh, we make slides of it and the pathologist would have a look at see how far the, car, the cancer has gone or if they had cancer at all. And so that's what, that's what I was doing. And then we had to go over and do uh, post-mortems with the, uh, you know, once a week we did post-mortems with the doctors, which is the most, the most weirdest thing I've ever felt was going into it. My first post-mortem, which I'd never seen a dead body before. So that was really scary. So going in to do the uh, going into the postmortem, this other guy was with me told me, he said, it'd be grand, it'd be grand. But the first thing that hit you was the smell. And they had just opened up the body from the sternum to the to the uh, the pubis bone. And you're there and you're kind of going, that smell is just so oh, I can't even describe it, it's really awful. But there's a person lying in the slab there opened up and one of the morticians is there and he's had a sandwich in one hand and he's a scalpel in the other and he's taking oh it out. Holy shit. And they were going, don't worry, he's grand guy. Are you all right there, son? Oh, yeah. And I'm there with the doctor's friend going, and I'm shaking and getting up. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the great thing about it is they always, if they, if the guy, I know they used to, I don't know what to do anymore, but they get the guards up from Templemore and uh, they, the, 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 the guys, the morticians would play bets and to see how many, how many male guards would drop? None of the women, uh, women, uh, Vanguardies, Vanguardies, talking about women, yeah, cops, would ever faint. Always men. They are, so the guys would take bets on who go for it. 
<laughs> so was that the day that you went, do you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go into acting. Yeah. I can't be slicing up bodies. Hair's got going back there. Oh my God. No, thanks. No. That's two very, very different jobs right there. Well, there you go. Well, some people say I'm still working with dead bodies now. Don't oh, well. <laughs> Those naysayers. That. Jesus. That, that's really like weird. Like, I suppose when you think of people who do that job, you assume that's a job for life, but you took a stab at it and then went, no. And literally, a stab at it went, no, no, not for me. Yeah. Too much blood, too much shit. Yeah, yeah. You were literally on the, on the set of Cardstown. You're like, yeah, this is much easier. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember my first. I remember going in and what <laughs> going into rehearsal for the first day and thinking, you know, and, and when I was doing, doing the Barca, young Barca boy, and I hadn't told them that I was that I was that I was thinking that I was, I did a thing I should have done. I pretended to go sick. Of course. And uh, so I said, you know, I give it a go. I see how it goes because I knew I wanted to do it, but I kind of did. I want to give up my full time job. Mm. You know, my, my mother saying, you know, you're gonna. You have to keep the job, you know, whatever, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, I, I asked, I asked a couple of, couple of the porters, so what's the best way we can get a sick? You know, get you know, you get you get a, a sir to say that you're sick, but you're not really sick, obviously. So they also complete say 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 you have your back. So me being me, I had to go over the top, and I went, I fell off, I went in, and I had put uh, cotton wool in my mouth, and I was in, and I was like, I had to fall off my back, off my bike, and I went to work. I can't move. And I said, and they were all saying, you better go over and get an x-ray. And I was going, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, shit, I've got to go into rehearsal at quarter to 11. And there, it's nine o'clock now. And I knew there was a wait over an for x-rays. So I went over to get an x-ray. Lucky enough, I got through. And they couldn't find that. And that's the guy who said, they can't, they'll never find that with an x-ray in the back, in the back thing. But they'll give you an x-ray, they'll give you a cert. So that was it. So I was out for six weeks. So I was rehearsing for five weeks. And photo went in. <laughs> But well, my first night, the second, I was, I was after the Obi night, the second night, and uh, I was, I, we, we were doing the show, and I thought I recognised some of the audience, and you forgot about it. Went back to work the following week, and I was sitting at, at, at doing stuff at the table, and uh, my boss, Derek, came to me and said, he said, how are you? He said, how's the back? And I said, you know, yeah, it's all right. It's still a bit tweaky, you know? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but you're interested in theatre, aren't you? And I went, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah. Let's see a great play there a couple of nights ago, uh, Borsa Boy. Did you have a build of And he just kept looking at me, he never smiled. He just kept looking at me. He said, Don't have to do that again. Just ask me for time off. And I went, Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. He said, So your back's all right. And I went, Yeah, he said, fucking chance. <laughs> so we got caught. <laughs> Isn't it so Irish, though, that if you were actually sick, you'd probably go into work? And oh yeah, struggle through. But it, when you need it for something, you're like, I'll just ring it. Oh, yeah, you're trying to get trying to every go, 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 go the furthest distance you can. Yeah, and make a show of yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and go as over the top as possible. Yeah, and you'll definitely get caught. Of course, and that's that, that's that, that's my second name, Gobshite. <laughs> At least it worked out for you in the end. At least it, it did. Yeah. Off. It yeah. wasn't like you went in and like, I know, I knew you said first that it was cancelled, but at least it came back. It wasn't a case of... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably all know that, down yeah. the line being like, I made a terrible decision. Yeah. But you know what? I wouldn't, even if I had it been cancelled and I didn't come back, I knew I made the right decision because it was something, you know, people call, say, calling, you know, you have a calling to be a nurse, so you have a calling, which is really worthy and kind of, you know, much more important than being an actor or a doctor or a brain surgeon or a nun or a priest, whatever your calling is. 
but I think if you ask any actor and they'll tell you, you know, you know, you, you either have you either do it or you don't do it. You know what I mean? You either mm-hmm. have that calling or you don't. And I know there's friends of mine there who are and who I take my hand off them, and these are the guys that are going to inspire me who who are living in little one bedroom bed sits and haven't had a big break and haven't had, you know, kind of, they're doing work away in little, little bits and pieces. And in the meantime, they're working in call centers trying to make ends meet, you know, and they're, and they still, and they want to be actors. And they're the real heroes in my mind for in our industry, I have to say. Well, see, there's not much that's, I suppose, created in Ireland. Like we do get shows like, let's say, Kin is on the telly now or yeah. different bits like that. And they're great when we get them, but obviously there's not enough shows no, being made here no i mean they're, they're being made but they're not casting irish actors what they do is they're casting over in england or over in america and then they come over and give the irish actors little bits and pieces that's why you're yeah. on, on irish actors made you don't see them in very big parts in in, in in foreign movies made over here because they're because they all just waste cast over away from ireland you know what i mean and then we're then we're shown the, 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 the one day two day parts well, that is irritating. Like, obviously, it's great when we see films being made here. You know, let's say Matt Damon yeah. was over. It's great, yeah, it's great for the crew, yeah, but not, but not for the actors, really. If you're truly told. Yeah, you might see someone as gets a one-line part or something. And you're like, oh, geez, I recognise yeah. him. But I yeah. suppose there's not enough home content being made here. No, no, and I think I think that needs to change. And hopefully, you know, we, we we've learned. When this whole mess finishes, you know, that kind of, you know, we do need, and, and people do watch it, you know what I mean? Oh, people yeah. People love very stuff, you know? If you consider, like, as I said, Kin, the love hates and all that, people are, are watching them every Sunday. They're yeah. tuning in. It's yeah. not it's not binging. Like, they can watch them oh, on player, obviously. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I and mean, that's the way it should be, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but the one thing is that for Fair City, I, I always say it to people, like, when I'm talking for, from Fair City, like some actors would have a notion about themselves that they're too good for soap. And then imagine when the pandemic hit, I'd say they all suddenly had a wanton that they'd yeah. go and be in the soap. It's, it's funny, I agree. In the early years, I was lambasted in the theatre community for doing Fair City because all my friends and the people that we knew in the theatre commu- community were kind of going, you know, what do you, and lucky enough, I was able to do both, you know, I was able to dip, both in, 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 in dip my feet into both and to do the odd bit in the movie or whatever. But it was, uh, I remember being, being in the pub in, uh, in Temple Bar and uh, we were doing a play in the uh, Project Art Centre uh, with Passion Machine. And I remember uh, after coming in after doing the show one night and to have a point, uh, I remember quite senior actors, kind of not, not in the show, but who used to drink there. It was a theatre pub, actors pub, and just calling me every kind of name you know, that I've taken the Queen shilling because I was doing Fair City. And... It's funny, those people who did that are now the people who are dying to get into it. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And not just because of COVID, as well as because of COVID, because as probably is the only gig you can tell at the moment, TV-wise. But it's also those, I know that I, I, I can't, obviously I can't mention names, but these people, when they came into Fair City, they couldn't do it because it is, it's a tough gig. It's, you, you don't have time for, for navel gazing. You go in, you do it, you have to have confidence in what you're doing. And there's no sitting around rehearsal for, for two or three weeks. You just get in there and do it, you know? So, and I remember a very famous uh, theatre actor coming came in and we had, we started, as I say, as you know, at seven o'clock in the morning, we start filming at half seven. And he came in and he, we, we were doing all the stuff, he was doing all the stuff in, in McCoy's pub. 
And uh, at lunchtime, I was walking over to lunch. I said, come on, I'll go and walk over to lunch here, go over to the canteen. And he said, all that stuff that I did this morning, we're actually going to film that now this afternoon, aren't we? He didn't know that he filmed all that stuff. Oh, God. And, and so you're kind of going, well, you know, son, that, that, that's one hell of a lesson you learned there. But that's just the way it is. It's just so quick. It's so fast. It's so, it's so intense. Mm. And what a lot of people can't do is, you know, kind of people kind of, you know, it's, it, it, you know, you get used to it in time, of course, because people who can't, who don't want to do that now, but because it is the only gig in town and those people who slag me off, it's quite enjoyable for me. Look, yeah. I look, these people come in and make a show of themselves. So I'll go, yeah, up yours, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can just become Paul Brennan in three, two, one, done. Yeah. There, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> It's so funny, like, because I have noticed that with like certain people, you know, down the years, you might, I might have interviewed them and I'd be like, and, you know, have you ever done soap? And they'd be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very serious, you know, yeah, yeah. theatrical star, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll hear them, you know, six years down the line, they're doing a walk on part and you're like, mm, oh, yeah, yeah you yeah. were too good for it there. And then, well, yeah, exactly. and you know, I, I auditioned one time for Guy Ritchie uh, for a film over in London, London and he, wanted me because I didn't get the part in the end because and but anyway he said he'd much rather use somebody who was on EastEnders, Emmerdale, Fair City, or Coronation Street, any of those any of those things because they know how to get they'll know how to where the cameras are, they know that they know their lines and they'll know what to do and they'll know his ways talk about saying okay can go again slow down you know what to do kind of just give me turn a little bit to your right and you'll hit your mark. He said as opposed to someone's coming, these big stars come in and they don't know how to work camera. You know what I mean? They don't know how to, you yeah. know, they've done a lot of stage work or whatever and they've done a lot of film work, but they don't know. He needs to kind of, he works fast. And he said, give me a stage, give me a soap after any day. Well, that's because you also know that there could be changes to a script and well, yeah. and you have to turn it around in five minutes and other yeah. people need to get into character and need to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And might need four days and you're like, no, give me five yeah. minutes. Yeah, well, you see that, and, uh, and, and someone who's on the pressure, like Gray Ritchie or, or whoever they be, you know, doing a big movie, they, they can't they can't live with that, you know what I mean? They just have to do it. So they, he, he needs to depend on something he can go to. There's been times in, in RT there where kind of the script is gone, the script has changed, something's happened, someone's gone sick, and you're all about, and within, as you say, five minutes, you're given a four or five page scene with just you and Sorka, say, or me and, you know, Pete or whatever, and you have to do it. And that's pressure. Mm. And they're saying, you're, you know, you're missing a line here to go back. And they're kind of going, you're going back. And that's really tough. And I think, I don't, I don't even, and I'm not bigger, speaking ourselves up at all, but it takes a long time to get into that frame of mind mm. as so factor, not so factor, but actually in, 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 in a show like Fair City or East Enders or Carnation Street, that it's kind of, it's, your brain becomes, you know, adjusted to it, you know, as opposed to, kind of, because I kind of, if I'm doing a play, it takes me ages to learn lines. And whereas I'm doing Fair City, I'll sit out here in the kitchen and I'll use my dictaphone on my on my phone to say the other person's line. And then I have I have my lines done in about two hours. And that's, that, that'd be a whole, that'd be a whole week's work done. But if I'm doing a play, it's just, it's, it's a different muscle, you know what I mean? It yeah. takes me a long time, yeah. I actually like I think it was really obvious at the time um like how quickly and um how powerful the soap world was in, in the turnaround senses obviously when Carol passed away and it was coming up towards the 30th anniversary for Fair City yeah. and they had to rewrite like they had 18 months in advance planned and they had to change That's everything right, 
because he passed that. away. Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's and that, that's and that's you know when you have to take a hat off the writers and you know and, you know, and, and people behind the scenes as well and kind of going on story liners who are kind of going okay, we have to make the, we know this works now that works and it, and that's that's it that's it that's a total skill that's a skill that I don't have my hand near at all or my head near at all I, I think it's great that they have to do it I think it has it's almost like mathematics where you don't it's like equations this goes here that goes there but then then that doesn't equal that so you have to make that work again. And all your time with a specific number, you're talking with about people, you know? Yeah. So uh, let's take a hand off and a hat, a hat off of that as well. Do you, at this stage, surely you have some sort of input when it comes to, like, to Paul, when they come to you and, did oh. they come to you and, no, not at all. I would have thought that, like, they'd say, listen, what do you want him to do now? He's done everything. Oh, if only, if only. Nah. I just, I just take it and run with it, do you know what I mean? No, kind of, like, you, 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 I mean, you don't have any say, really. You just can say, okay, you know, kind of, like, I could say, so on a Monday morning, I could say, that doesn't make, he, he has probably said that before, maybe we might change that little sentence or that word, but it's mainly your, your, your room with what you're giving you. Know? And like, but even like, let's say the storyline now with Orla and obviously Paul and Orla have known each other years, were you just a bit like, hold on a second now, he's with her now. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, but as I say, you room with it, but also kind of, if you, in the, in the back of my mind, it was kind of, like, okay, I would have taken elsewhere, but then when you come back to it and you kind of look at it and you kind of go, personally, you're going, to, well, okay, I wouldn't have seen those who put those two together. But then when you actually see it on paper, you kind of go, yeah, okay. And you can see that you can see the germs up starting, and kind of you go, okay, are they going to be put together or not going to be put together? Because they don't want, they won't tell you. They say, look, it looks like we're, like we're going to go to Paul and Arnold are going to go together. Are we? And they go, we don't know yet. Now they know damn well, but they won't tell you, right? Yeah. So you're going to go, so then you're kind of, okay, let's try and make this work. Let's try and make it fun. Because, you know, kind of, and it's, and it's, for me, it's like making, it's showing Paul in a different light. It's kind of, I like the comedy thing with Paul. I also like the drama thing with Paul and all that. But uh, comedy, and I, I think that's why the character has kind of been resonant with people because there's, it shows, it's, it's, it's light. It's not just black and white, you know, it's a bit of grey there as well, you know, and, mm. And I think it just, you know, kind of gives them a bit of colour. And I think she brings that out in them. And so when we two of us start kind of reading the opposite other and kind of go, then we're going, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a bit of crack, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, as I say, but, you know, I wouldn't have put them, I wouldn't have seen that first straight away. But then now it just seems, it seems it works because people, public seems to have seemed to like the two of them together for some reason. I think also think they're waiting for Wayne to come back as well to see if there's a, a barney between Paul and Wayne. Yeah, they're like, okay, let's see what happens here. Is there going to be a big scrap in the middle of the street? Yeah, Wayne's probably going to bitch slap Paul all the way down character town. Sure, look, that wouldn't that be lovely? You couldn't, couldn't have a slap for ages because of COVID. Oh no! Actually, oh no! God, I don't, I don't miss those slaps at all. You can't slap anybody now anymore. Do you know that? You have to do the false slap. Do you? Yeah. You have to do the real thing. Oh, God, be with today. Claudia Carroll used to do that. The guy, she laugh. She's going to laugh as you hear this. She's put on the heaviest rings on her before she do a slap. <laughs> And then she, oh, sorry, I fluffed my line after she slapped me. Oh. So, she was, oh, yeah. And we used, to, we used to laugh. I was, could you do this support? She, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. But, oh, my God, I love it. Fair play to her. Yeah. <laughs> that, but I, I suppose so much must have changed since, like, even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, in comparison. Like, I've been out to the new set. It's absolutely mm-hmm. massive, the new fair yeah. set. Comparison to even when I would have been out there maybe... Seven eight years ago, it's huge. 
Yeah. And Everything must be different. It is, yeah. And, the, and we have a lot of English directors coming over who do the circuit, who do the um, the Emmerdales, the Coronation Streets, and the East Enders, you know, kind of, and they and they love actually working on the on the set outside because it's it's a proper set. Like the, I mean, you can go actually, as you know, you go in to people, you can go into the shop. Uh, you can go into Vivino's. Uh, well, you can actually go in, but there's no set. The only set that's I think you can go in and film in is the Brennan's house, and I think the and I think all the the shops down the end, like uh, the charity shop and the and, and Dolores's hairdressing place. Not that I go there, but there. <laughs> You're always in there. I am. I'm always looking for a firm. Yeah, but, but, but English directors seem, seem to like, seem to like, seem to favour that set a lot, you know. Do you, like, you obviously never thought when you started you were going to be there still 30-something years later, I imagine. No, because if I did, as I, I don't know if I told you before, I was talking to you, I, I don't know if I would have taken that gig, mm, if you, know, you know, because it's, it's, when you say 30 years, it's a daunting, it's a daunting figure. Mm. And... And as he, as a, you know, a young guy starting out in his career and and, and in life, you know, who wants to see it is himself, you know, doing the thing. But kind of, as you say, in the, like I say in the Godfather, they just drag you back in. Drag <laughs> you back. Like imagine even just off, like offset in your home life, like you were obviously a young lad, you probably didn't have kids at the time and stuff like that. No. And now everything is completely different. Yeah. You, so you, you wouldn't have thought oh, this is a great job to keep me going for my family or anything like that. At the time you're a young lad, is just kind of like, a, I'm happy to have a job. Yeah, exactly. And then kind of, but that's, as I say, in life as well, yeah. But, and then kind of, then to have kids and have kids growing up with me on television. And it's, it's funny, people ask me, you know, how, do, you know, we, we, you, know you asked there, how does my wife feel about with all those scenes and whatever. Everybody's just used to it, you know. Mm. And it's kind of, and it's, it's not a great, it's not a great complaint to have for me. Say that my, you know, my kids, it means nothing to my kids for me to be on television. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're arrogant or, or whatever, but it's just dad's job. That's what he does. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, we're not flashy. I don't think I'm flashy. I don't, I, no, we're not flashy at all. And it's just kind of. If there's if you get chilled on the street, we're kind of well, we all put our head down. We're going to go, hurry up, run, go, 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 go. But it's 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 nice to think that you know that all that stuff has happened. You know, deaths, marriages, births, all that stuff has happened in those twenty-two years in Paul's life and in my life. You know. Yeah, like so. When you if anybody thinks back thirty-two years ago, and obviously you're a completely different person. Every single person is when you think. Were you that alive, Nicola? I was alive. I was. Oh, yeah. I was four. <laughs> okay. See you now. Bye bye, folks. Nice talking to you. But that means I grew up with the on the telly, Paul. Paul, I yeah. called you. See, Tony. <laughs> That's all right, Francis. Go on. <laughs> you must get people, though, always referring to you just as Paul, like in the pub yeah. or in the shop. Yeah. It's, yeah. But you have to just kind of go, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually get a shock when people know my name. I kind of go, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, you know, it's kind of... Or you're like, oh, I must know them. Oh, my God, how do I know them? Yes, yeah, exactly. Or people, the great one is, when people come to you go... And it happened to me on my mother's day there on Saturday. This, this man was walking by, and I knew he knew me. He I was getting out of the car, and I was one of those new passed by. He said, you deliver the post. How do I know you? And I went, <laughs> I delivered the post. And he went, yeah, 
and then just kept on walking. And he knew he, he knew he, I didn't, but he knew he knew me from somewhere. But yeah, that kind of that instant kind of thing. I know him, you know. And that is the most irritating thing in the world, you know, when you see someone, you're like, how do I know him? Am I yes, going, do I know him from home? Is he yeah. going to stop me and going to know my name and I can't remember his? One of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's happened to me so many times. Don't with other people, yeah. And the kind of people that's in you, like I'm really blind and I have. I wear contact lenses and glasses as well. So I kind of, I, and you know, sometimes when I go out without my glasses or without my, without my, uh, without my contact lens out of the car or something, I'm kind of going, and someone walks by and they're kind of going, how are you? And I go, yeah, how are you? How are you? Yeah. And they're going, yeah. So That's I know exactly. That's look. Yes, it is. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do James Dean and, and all their scene is step toe. Oh, they're just like, wow. Yeah. That's, a really, no. <laughs> That's your man off the telly being like, <laughs> do you, what are the producers and stuff like for you if you said I want to go off and do a play or I want to go off and let's say there's an audition for Peaky Blinders I don't know are they are they like okay with that or are they like no well they are yeah I mean kind of it's it was it was stricter in years gone by and uh, where you'd have to put in a lot of a lot a lot of um Give them, give, them, give them a lot of time to kind of go to rewrite stuff for you and whatever. But I mean, now it's kind of more, I think they're more open to it. Uh, not that you get much time to do it because I haven't, I haven't got a play now. I can't remember. I think it's about maybe eight years now. And I'm kind of that, it, that muscle is itching again, you know. But because it's, we're so, so labor intensive, we could have, we would have to give them a lot of notice. Like, Plays are cast. If I say if you're going to put on a play in the gate at this moment of time, and you, and you want to put it on for January, February, you would have already cast that two months ago. So I wouldn't know my storyline whether I'd be free to do that at, this, at that style, at that stage when they're casting. Mm. So it's very hard unless you're going to you have definite dates. Yeah. So you know you could. It's it's impossible for them to say, "Listen, gonna, we don't know if going to be free," and then they go whatever. So because it's become it's for a week now, it's kind of it's become it's become harder for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it must be kind of hard for you then, because you're like obviously you love playing Paul because you are playing him so long, and if you didn't love it, you wouldn't still be oh, there. Yeah, so. but yeah, but I, yeah, but I love that. Yeah, I love playing other things as well. I love doing, yeah. love doing, I love doing plays. And I love doing like and, and myself and my wife took shows over to Broadway. We did we were on Broadway and kind of and I loved all that, and I still do love it. But as I say, it's 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 all encompassing, kind of you know. Mm. It's, moment in time not so much with COVID now but but you know it's because we're in and out because it's only a restricted cast but it is it is all-encompassing you know when you're when you're when you're you know hot and heavy and you know in storyline yeah you're kind of like right if, if this is my storyline in six months is there a chance I won't have a storyline for a yes. while but then you don't well, also don't I, want them I, to have but, yeah, but, then, but then you're kind of going oh, oh shit now, you know I'm going to get a work now in six months now yeah. oh my god so you're, you're a typical actor you know kind of you know it's great at the moment. Well, what's happening? That's happening now in three weeks' time. I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone for four weeks. I'm gone. You know, I've been going to me. Because, like, you can't have the main storyline every single week, like, no, you know, forever. No. That's well, no. That can't have happened, like. But in your mind, you, you, you know, practically you can't, but in your mind, you think, yeah, I could. I'd be sitting in the back of McCoy's there having a pint. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Just waving. They still have the pain, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I remember when do you remember the storyline when um Katie was in the box and Johnny Ward yeah. was after <laughs> yeah. uh. so I was talking to Johnny at the time and he was after getting beaten up by a little old woman and a, 
in a garage and she was like let that young one out of the box and all. <laughs> it's like, and that was like a year obviously which was really long time in soap and in real life to yeah. that storyline went and I was like well, what are you going to do when that ends because you either have to go to prison or die like you know so like that's yeah. the tough thing if, if the storyline is like crime related I suppose there has yeah, to be and resolvement so, yeah exactly and you also even, I know Paul Paul is, is bad and people saying he's, he's, he's a bad guy and all that but he's not that bad that he has to go he has to go to prison you know what I mean so yeah, that's why you have to keep him light you know what I mean can you go oh can I, can, I, can I just give him a laugh here or something you know I just don't want to go to prison I don't want the guy to be going around and killing, killing the lawyers or something like that you know what I mean yeah you're just like he'll just have another affair right yeah yeah and maybe he maybe maybe he'll die through during sex. Who knows? <laughs> they won't kill him off. Jesus. No, hopefully not. I'm touching wood here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they couldn't. They'd have if they killed him off. It'd have to be because let's say if you quit or something, it would have to be like a, a who done it murder or something, and it'd be all of the women in Paul's. I'm, life. Not, I'm not taking part. In this you're putting ideas in their head. Stop. Oh, sorry. Please no, stop. don't do that, Orsi. Don't. Yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> but if they did do, if you decide. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> No, you're there forever. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It'd be great to be there just until you decide to look, to, on your decision. Yeah. I know that I'll go on my own terms. You know what yeah. I mean? When you're I'm 80. But I, yes, exactly. And I'm wearing a cardigan, smoking a pipe, and not a tooth in my head. <laughs> you could be like Doc Cotton in EastEnders. She lasted till like, she was like 90 or something. Yeah, I know. She I, I, Is she dead? She I died. don't know. I don't no. know. I was thinking maybe, she, is she? I have a feeling she is. Shame on you being you being a you know a top crack newspaper <laughs> reporter, showbiz reporter, not knowing that. I could know about Fair City. I just don't know about the English ones. Um, that's, that's, uh, okay, believe that. I've I've won you back there. <laughs> so like you don't get to do much of the other stuff, but like, do you get much holidays and stuff from Fair City? Like, can you actually plan things with your family in that sense? Um, yeah, well, because I know now I have. I've only this year. I've only worked about seven or eight weeks this year. So, really? Yeah, because of COVID. That's because let's say restricted casting. So I've only done eight weeks this year, which is not a lot. So as regards to holidays, I think my family would rather shoot themselves and see me more. Because <laughs> the only the only person who's happy that I'm off work is a dog. I bring him out to work. Bring him out for a walk every day. He's the only guy. Well, what age are the kids? Max is 18 and Izzy is 50. Oh, of course, they don't want to be around their family. They don't want to be around their parents. No way. Oh, no, no. They're going to take it. That break has been made already, you know, kind of. But I mean, look, we're going to be still have our nights. We're going to be everything we're still in. We always. I'm, I, I'm a big cookie. I'm a big foodie and I like cooking. Most nights I, I do the cooking and I, I love having a glass of wine when I'm cooking as well, of course. And that's why I like cooking. But uh, we all sit in front of the front of the TV, or you know, after after having dinner at the table, or we bring dinner in, kind of. So we can. I'm at the trying out some new creation. So I'm probably the worst cook in the world because I keep on saying, "Do you like that? Do you like it? Yeah, it's okay. You didn't finish it. What? You didn't finish it? Oh, you, so yeah, no, no. Okay, okay. So they're probably coarse to eat. They're sitting in the corner going, "Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely." But <laughs> but what we do, the point of the I'd say is. We do make time for ourselves where we're all together kind of in the evenings and kind of it's that's that's still there for and I'll try and keep that as long as I can, you know. How did you just get on together then in lockdown when like especially the first one when it was actual lockdown? Do you know what it was great because 
I we had, didn't have any excuses to to go to go anywhere. I look after my mom was ninety years of age. That was the only thing I had. That I was kind of caring for her every second day. My sister was looking after as well. But it was great to have them back again, and I felt mm. like I had them back. You know, like not that they're going anywhere, but you know, when it, with no friends, we were here. Mm. Now it's probably tougher for them than it was for me and my wife Kate. But we enjoyed having them here. Kind of, you know, it was like, you know, like they were small again. Yeah, you get to spend time with them that you definitely wouldn't have had before. Exactly, and I know it's it's tough, and I mean, and you know, my Max was seventeen, and Nadie was. 14, 14, and, you know, they should be out kind of, you know, getting, you know, getting away in the world and all that, but, and it was really tough for them, but I suppose that was the one good thing out of it that I got out of it, you know, that I got down back for a bit. It must have been hard, though, looking after your mom as well, because, like, it was such a scary time. It, all you had, the everyone had the fear that they were going to be the person that passed it on to exactly, someone who was older. Exactly, and kind of, then... Have not having work and then going back to work and then kind of and then all the protocols that you had to go through to work and then again I go will I go over to you know looking you know, up wasn't there wasn't any outbreaks in RTE in the first seat class but it was just you always had that fear because she as I say she's ninety one and and if she's got it I know she's gone do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. that was always and you're all you're you're, you're I'm depend you're depending on other people's you know health you know yeah. what I mean so. Yeah. It, it was tough because you're, kind of, you're, you're looking at everybody suspiciously and still are to some extent because I've got her over there and my wife has her mum and dad there as well, you know, so so it's kind of, you know, you, you, you're, you're depending on a lot of people, you know, being honest with you, I suppose. Yeah, and that was the scary thing because you're like, I'm doing everything right and then what if yeah. I do everything right but one person doesn't and then I'm the person that carries it and passes it. I, I exactly. The guilt and the fear at the start especially. yeah. yeah. But you know what? Drink helps. <laughs> Those glasses of wine. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! I like honestly between the the Zoom drinking that I was doing, like you know, I'll do an hour of chat, which turned into let's have beers, which turned into like it's yeah. twelve o'clock, it's one o'clock, and I'm still having pints in my bedroom. Yeah. I gotta. I I don't. I, I I'm enjoying this. This is great. But you know, people. A couple of times we try to do this, having a drink over Zoom with friends of ours, and I just thought, oh shit. You know, I just can't, you know, I can't be doing that with a drink, you know what I mean? I'd rather, you know, if I'm going to have, to, if I'm going to be entertaining people or going to have, have a drink with someone, I want them sitting across, excuse me, across the table from me, you know, it's not mm-hmm. opposed to, I mean, this is great because we're, you know, it's business and then we're talking, we're shooting the breeze, but not at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the evening kind of with a drink. Did you find that kind of a bit odd? Yeah, like at the start, it was kind of exciting because I hadn't seen anybody in so long. So it was like, oh, great. It's not on the phone. I can see them face to face. And then the quizzes started and that was fine yeah. for two weeks. And then I was like, get this gone. No, you know, yeah. the one work wise, it's been great. I Zoom has been great because there's people that you can get access to that you've never gotten access to before or things like if I try to record this with you and you're filming Fair City, you'd have such a small window normally yeah. if there was no COVID no COVID restrictions you I know your schedules I've like I've seen you guys have 15 minutes here and then filming o- runs over so you don't have those yeah. 15 minutes you know yeah. and you can't you don't get your guaranteed lunch hour it's not like that you know what I mean so I, I used to when I used to work out in RTE I remember I used to always see the Fair City crew in the canteen and you had a big gang like that you used to hang out together considering yeah. that you'd all be working yeah. together as well yeah but, but no no one has to talk to us yeah <laughs> 
Well, I, me- I remember. I remember starting out when we started out there first, and we kind of. It used to be uh, initially it was filmed out in Ardmore, and Br- no, it was in started off in RTE, and then it went out to Ardmore and Bray for a few years, and then we used to come back. Then we came back to RTE, and then Row was going around at the time, as as I mentioned before. But it used to be very strange. We got pile in from Studio A, and Glen Rowe would be one one episode a week, and they would have their table set, and there'd be a tablecloth with candles. And a little bottle, little miniature bottles of wine, red wine, white wine, and they'd have all, and we were there looking at them with our tongues hanging out and kind of going, and they'd be all just giving us the way and kind of going, hey, and they'd be oh like, and, we'd go, and we'd queue up for our shitty fried egg and fried egg and rashers, you know what I mean? And, and they're getting their their lovely meal handed over to them. We Jesus. went that one. Air, it was never like that when I was there. I used to be so excited. If the, well, to be fair, I did love the sausages on a Friday. Now, if they still do yeah, those, yeah, that's the gay porn thing, yeah. <laughs> I used to love that, but yeah. Jesus, it was. There's no fanciness out in the RTE canteen now, so Glen Road. No whatsoever. No. <laughs> what were they doing? Glamour. <laughs> but how, like, how are you finding it now, being back in terms of like the restrictions and the restricted cast? Like, you, you probably don't get to see very many people. No, you don't. Which is really, and as you said there, you know, we all go into the canteen, and I know it sounds odd, but we all do. You know, you might know for someone as much as like I might. Be friendly with, like Victor Bourke or McLean or Enda or you know or you know Sorka or whatever, and I'd be working with them, working with them mainly mainly you know mostly. And then there's other people that I like Rodrigo who I love, but I haven't I don't get to see Rodrigo because I'm not not in his storyline. Mm. But it, but that being that being said, I used to always be able to go over to canteen and myself and Rodrigo would have breakfast together, or we kind of are, you know, or Jose who plays his brother kind of be and we'd have breakfast or have lunch with him, and then everybody sit around and there'd be a big discussion, whatever. And there'd be three people, maybe two or three people in your dress room. Now, nobody every nobody comes out of the dress room. You go in, you get changed, you, you have your plastic, your hermetically sealed costume, which you have to take to get out of the plastic. You take that, you put that on, you're going to get your makeup, you take your mask off and your makeup, and you don't talk to them because you're in the dressing room on your own. So I don't get to talk to anybody unless you're on the floor. And that's really odd, really yeah. strange. For such a social kind of community, it's really odd, you know? And because of the restrictions, there you probably don't get much time even on the floor to talk to people because they're on no, the schedule. No, because, no, and because it's all, because it's kind of, okay, camera guys are out, they, they have to go out before you come in and rehearse. You run the lines, you block it, and then they come in, have a look at your blocking, what you're going to do with it. And then you, you put, up, put a couple of rehearsals on, on tape, and then you go for, a, go, for a, go for a take, and you get a one or two goes, and then you're going out of the studio if you don't have another scene after that. So you don't even get to talk to guys that are you know, on the camera and you're friendly with, like and, and our sound guys you're friendly with, you know, with designers. Mm. You don't, it's, 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 it's an odd, odd experience. Now, of course, you can still have a bit of a laugh and you're on set, of course, but it's not the same, you know what I mean? It's not, you're not, I know that it, like in ordinary times, I would go back to the dress room and I know there'd be still a gang in there having a laugh or someone's listening, looking at something and the people are going in and out to the dress room and bitching about someone or, or showing people kind of something on video or, you know, you know, discussing movies or whatever. But that's all gone now, you know what I mean? That's all yeah. gone. It is kind of, it's like, you know, I was in the office on Saturday, the first time back in over a year. 
one other person and like he was on the other side of the office and yeah. if I went near him I had to have the mask on and even at that yeah. socially distanced and the crack is limited because well first of all no one has any lives going on but yeah. second of all it's like you're so nervous of where you're standing and you know yeah. conscious of everything yeah. going on and yeah but yeah. well, I can't see I still think we're going to be bringing in, I'm going to be bringing in my lunch in the, in the RT canteen in the, and our, our sleeping in the dressing room. It's like being sleeping in Mount Joy, actually. Sometimes you you have your phone, you're watching, you're watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or or, or whatever or TV player on, on your phone, eating your egg sandwich or whatever you're eating and you're going. And then you go down. Hopefully, there's somebody out there just because the usually people who smoke would be standing outside, but even they're gone. So you go out and go, is there anybody to talk to? Anybody? anybody. <laughs> so you go back in and then you go back in and you watch more shit on Netflix, you know. Oh, well, if anyone is bored, do watch Catch Up with Fair City on the RTE player. Please do. <laughs> Tony, it's been great chatting to you. I've just realised how long I've kept you. I'm very sorry. You probably have things to be doing, but it's been yeah, great to catch up. Probably squeezing to you at that case. Well, you better let Kate out in that case and the dog. <laughs> Good to okay, talk to you okay. and to see you face to face. And uh, hopefully it's next it's time we'll be doctor. in person. Yes. No, no masks. Yes. You can buy me a bottle of Daniels. I'm Wow, I'm I'm loaded apparently. <laughs> Should be working at home. Come on, no more, no expenses. Good luck, you. True, no commute. Well, yeah. listen, I'll buy you that Jack Daniels then, and uh, we'll have the chats. Good luck. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. The ever lovely Tony Tormey there, of course, who plays Paul Brennan in Carrickstown in Fair City. Um. We have spoken to each other a few times before for my job and normal life and um, he's also lovely. It's always been on the phone. I think I dug out a photograph there recently. I must put it up on the Instagram of myself, Tony and um, David Mitchell who played Jimmy Doyle back when I was in college and I wrote about it for the college newspaper. So I'll tell you long. Not that long ago, kids. I'm very young and hippity hip. Okay. Um, and I, there's a really funny photo of my outfit choices. Oh my God. It's like I posted a picture of myself and Scott from Five Lads last week and like you must have all got a laugh out of it. I was wearing 47,000 beads. I had a flower glued to my hair. My hair, I'm pretty sure, was greasy. I'm pretty sure it was a Monday night and I was on out going to see Five in Dundalk. But anyway, look, sure, you just do these things. My outfit to see how to go to the Carrickstown set was much more cringe and it's so early 2000s and you're just going to like... You're just going to laugh when I put it up. So look forward to that. As I mentioned there, um, Fair City obviously is on four days a week and it's on the player. And I did check, fact check, uh, June Brown, who plays Doc Cotton, is not deceased. She's still alive, 94 years of age, still going strong. She just left the show. So we're not uh, wishing her any ill will there and glad to see she's do- still alive and doing so well. So uh, just myself and Tony not having a clue there um, anyway I'm going to leave you be um, go t- to enjoy your bank holiday weekend I really hope you all have a great one and if you are sitting in and you feel like throwing on another episode of Taste Yourself sure I'll only be Delira Delira be Styra. go on good luck have a great one chat to ya Shalom. <laughs>